Hey, what's up, good people? Welcome back to another episode of Fatherhood Is Dope, the podcast. I am your host, Aaron McGee, and I'm so thankful that you decided to join us again. Now, I know last week we did not get that podcast out, but it was for a really unique reason. And that reason was, and if you are following me on Instagram, you probably already know, but I don't know if you ever heard of a snafu. If you haven't, go and Google it. I can't say it on this podcast, but it was a snafu with my audio. And I actually lost some really special audio of a really special gentleman who uh, came on the podcast to share a dynamic experience between he and his son. And I was really frustrated about the whole situation, but I'm so thankful because the next day after I got my nerves together to even uh, let him know what happened and that the audio was lost, uh, he really put me to ease and said, man, we can jump right back in the settle. I'll come right back over and we can get that episode recorded. And that's exactly what we are doing right now. So I'm really excited to introduce to you my guest, Mr. Latine Brackett, the third. Are you the third? Third, The yes. third. All right, Mr. Brackett. And I actually met him uh, through my mother-in-law who sent me a blog that he wrote, which was pretty dynamic as he kind of unfolded this situation that encounter between he and his son over a couple of year or almost a three-year period and the end result is the reason why the or the result of that situation is the reason why he's here with us today and so of course we're going to get into that but I want to go ahead and introduce uh, my guest to you and let them just learn a little bit more about you so we can kick it off just like we did the last time and that's you just telling us a little bit about your family dynamic marital status kids all that jazz. Okay, thanks. Um, I'm pleased to be here again. Um, let me just say a little bit about myself. First of all, I am a, the father of three grown children. Um, my, my oldest is my daughter, Takara, and uh, she lives in Houston, and she also happens to be the mother of my two grandsons, Isaiah and Carter, who are two and three years old, and, and they're the joy of my life. Uh, then I have my, my son, uh, who's my namesake, who is actually in... Um, South Korea, where he teaches uh, young folks to, uh, actually of all ages, to speak English. And so he does that at one of those exclusive private schools there. Uh, he also speaks fluent uh, Arabic, so he was in Morocco first and has been in South Korea since last August. And then there's my youngest son, Lance, uh, who lives in, in Dallas, and uh, he's at 23 right now and actually just literally started a new job uh, this week working for ADT. So uh, he's back in Dallas out there, ha- having been spent some time in, in Colorado. So he's come back home, so he's actually living in our, our home. So Lance is back in Dallas. Yep, back in Dallas. But you're here in Nashville. I'm here in Nashville. And been you said here. Lance is living in your home back in Dallas. Yep. Okay, sweet deal. Sweet deal. Let me ask you just off top, what what's this one of the questions that I normally say for last, but I'm just feeling the vibe and... Um, just the way you announced your kids. And so I wanted to know, you know, what makes you the proudest about being a father of three grown kids or children? Uh, well, I'm, well, I'm just proud, honestly, just because, you know, they're our children and they're doing well in their own way. Um, and they're productive. And, you know, it, it, 
it's a joy to pick up the phone to talk to our children. You know, it's not like they they've given us a whole bunch of problems where every time you pick up the phone, it's like, oh God, what you, what have you done now? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. So and uh, and actually, my daughter's working a new job where she's working from twelve to nine. So most nights, you know, on her way home, she calls us up and we do the FaceTime thing and we're laughing and joking about what happened during her day or or you know what what the kids did or something like that. Yeah. And my wife was remarking last night after we, we went to a movie. And she said, uh, I, I just love the way that when Takara goes home, she says, when she opens the door to the house, she says, hello, family. And, and for some reason, that just moves my wife that to hear you know, our daughter say that to her family. And then, of course, the, the two boys run up to her and, mom, what you bring us type thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm just, I'm just very pleased that um, we were very fortunate with the children that we've had. They, they don't have any kind of deformities. They don't have any kind of... Uh, mental issues or you know physical issues and 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 the longer you live the, the, the you realize that a lot of people are having a lot of struggles uh, with uh, with their family and with their children and so forth and, and so and so not to have any of those things I mean, it's really a blessing yeah uh the last time you were here now most people would think you know you say you got three grown children and then you even uh said where they all are living and what they all are doing so it would seem that you and your wife are empty nesters but because we've had a part of this conversation mm-hmm. before i know that's not the case so uh, I just let's share a little bit dynamic of you know what who is keeping you and your wife busy uh, on the home front right now. Well, on the home front, what we have uh, Samson and Delilah, mm-hmm. which is our, our two dogs. So we got two dogs and uh, two boxers and brother and sister, and so and, which actually were born on my birthday. So that's kind of unique in the way. And so they round out our day, and they start us about five thirty in the morning. We get up and we walk about two and a half miles with them every morning. And because uh, we live in Germantown, so, you know, it's not like I, and I live in an apartment, so it's not like I can open up the door and say, okay, go out and go to the bathroom, come on back. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to get up out of the bed. So we've kind of made that into a routine. We get up and we do our walk in the morning with them. We come back, we get dressed, and we get ready for our day. And then when we get back in the evening, of course, we got to go back out and we walk. We do a shorter walk in the evening, but, and, and as, as I've said before, yeah, clearly uh, Samson and Delilah are running us and not us running them because, you know, <laughs> They got us on schedule. So it, it still sounds like more kids, two more kids. Uh, I, I told somebody today, in fact, I said, well, the guy says, well, it's, it's two daughters, and I think the youngest is 19. I said, listen, I said, you have a dog? He says, no. I said, well, don't get one. Because <laughs> he said he was looking forward to being an empty nester. I said, because when you get the dogs, you're no longer empty nesters. Yeah. Because if we go somewhere, we got to put them in a kennel and all that, and it's, it's just it's just a lot. Uh-huh. It's not like you can just pick up and leave. Like when my parents, when we had a dog when we were kids, you know, you put the, the bowl of water and some food in the backyard, <laughs> and you go for yourself until we got back. You know, you do that nowadays, you go to jail. So. Exactly. That's funny. You know, uh, just the irony, I got to say that, because, you know, my folks, it's, it's kind of still like that to some degree, but when my, when my parents go out of town, they still live in the area. And I get the text or the phone call to say, hey, uh, can you go and uh, take care of Zoom while we're gone? And my taking care of him is going over there and refilling his water bowl and, mm-hmm. you know, making sure he has food. And they're typically not going more than a couple of days anyway. So, yeah, I, I know how that feels. Well, I kind of want to get into it. Um, uh, this this conversation really uh, focuses on, I know you say you got three children, but this conversation focuses on your youngest, Lance and this 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 dynamic that uh the two of you all experienced over almost uh i believe a two and a half year almost three year period 
And we realized that uh, through our last conversation that um, the root of it was really a breakdown in communication. Yes. Um, but before before we jump to that, I, can you just kind of contextualize, you know, your your son, your youngest son, you know, who, uh, you know, I heard you speak so many positive things about him in the last time we sat down. But how would you, you know, describe Lance as not just who he is now, but the son that you witnessed growing up? Well, Lance was a very, uh, and is, very independent. Uh, so very independent. Of, actually, I would say almost the most independent, at least outwardly, of the three children. Uh, it was interesting because I, I shared with you last time, doing every time Father's Day would come around, for example, he would have saved his money mm-hmm. uh, from birthdays and different things, that, you know, allowances and what have you. And then on, the, on when we went out to dinner, and so you got the whole family there, and he'd pull out his money to pay the bill. And of course, he'd be the only one of the three children that would pull out his money to pay the bill. And, uh, and I always noted that in, 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 you know, in, my, in my mind, and I, I, re- I rewarded that as well, because what I would do is when I got ready to um, you know, leave to go out of town on business, I would stick some money in the, in the chair under the cushion in my office, and I'd send him a text message, or I'd call him and say, hey, go look in there in that chair. Mm-hmm. So I'd already be gone, and he'd go in there, and there'd be $100 under there or whatever. But, but he, he, he was always uh, that way. It, on his birthday, for example, you, know, you might say, okay, we're here's a couple hundred bucks for your birthday. And he said, well, he didn't need anything for his birthday. And he really meant that. I mean, you put the money on the table, you come back, it's still there. Mm-hmm. He didn't take it. Uh, so very much that way, um, uh, athlete, uh, not, not the greatest athlete, you know, but certainly went out there and spent his time and played and tried and uh, with the uh, football and basketball. And, uh, you know, there were other students that were, were better, uh, you know, the, the, the star players and so forth. I remember one time in particular when he was – playing basketball and I didn't feel like he was getting enough play time so you know I go to the school and I think I had a conversation with him about it and and he wasn't very forthright with uh, with me and, and what I mean by that because I go talk to the the, the the coach and say listen my son didn't get the play time what's going on and right then he goes on to tell me that my son has uh, made a deal with him to stay on the varsity team and not play <laughs> versus you know being on the on the B team and yeah. get more play time. So it's like, like look, look at dad. What type of deal was that? Was that just the, the the high school guy wanted to be on wanted to be on varsity? Yeah, wanted to be on varsity. Yeah. So he rather stay up there than play play more on, on like JV or junior yeah, varsity. JV, yeah. yeah, yeah. What he saw the, thought to be a lesser team. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, you, you, you know, as dads, you, 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 you try to make sure your kids are being treated fairly. So I'm going down there, you know, uh, I don't like what I'm seeing. And you don't, don't and like, not realizing he, he's right, a he's broker to deal. deal. He's made exactly. a deal. I, another time with Lance, for example, I had bought him uh, some uh, uh, Beats uh, headset. And he, somebody had stolen And he didn't tell me that they were stolen. And, of course, I had a... Uh, uh, a, a guy who, whose son also was there. He was more, more of a busybody. So one day on my way to work, the guy calls me, oh, uh, your son's uh, beats got stolen, blah, blah, blah. And I was, I was more upset about it from the standpoint that Lance didn't tell me and somebody else had to come tell me this. Uh-huh. So when I go and talk to him, about it, he says, well, Dad, I wanted to take care of this myself. Hmm. And uh, so I had secretly went off and, and you know, bought another set of Beats, but I didn't tell them. I put them on, they were on the floor behind my desk because nobody went in my office. And I was going to replace them. And because uh, again, they did get stolen. And Lance comes home maybe two days later from school and with the beats. And I'm wow. like, well, how'd you get the beats back? Because 
<laughs> he literally did go take care of it. He went back and he had a discussion with the principal. The principal brought everybody in the room, and basically it was one of those ones where you say, you know, uh, we're going to give amnesty. They just need to show back up. Yeah. And they did, and he actually got them back. So I, his sister actually ended up getting some beats because of that. She, wow. She I got the new pair that yeah, she bought. Yeah, she didn't know to this day, probably knows now when she hears this, <laughs> that the reason why she got some beats was because I had bought the second pair for Lance. <laughs> And, uh, and he had handled it himself. So, again, just a very uh, uh, intelligent young man. Always, uh, I, I would say, had wisdom beyond his, yeah, his age. That's what I'm gathering. Yeah. yeah. I, even I, I, remember, I told the story on Tuesday. I was over at, uh, at Ten Care doing some training. And I told the <laughs> ladies there, one of the stories, because uh, we were talking about my training, was about uh, uh, how, how to build healthy relationships in the workplace. And what I told, uh, told them about the, the time I was working with this gentleman, and he really worked my nerves. And I came home and I told my wife, I said, you know what, I felt like I wanted to curse so-and-so out. You know, I didn't, but I wanted to. And so my son's Lance comes into the kitchen, he's maybe at this point, three, four years old, somewhere in there. And he climbs in my lap and he says, Dad, you can't curse nobody out. And I'm like, well, first of all, <laughs> well, why are you in grown people's business? <laughs> but since you have interjected, tell me why it is I can't do this. Yeah. And Lance says, uh, because we have to eat. <laughs> And, uh, and I have retold that story maybe a hundred times uh, since then, maybe more than that, because it really just gets to the root of things that are, how many times do we make poor decisions yeah. without thinking about the people who are impacted by the decisions that we make. That's, that's good. That's good. So Lance, uh, there's a lot of attributes I can place on him right now, but I hear, I, as you stated, there's wisdom. There's, he sounds a little charismatic. He's clearly independent. Uh, and sounds like an all-around good kid, and uh, he has some negotiation skills that he's clearly been employing since four years old on the basis of, Dad, let's just keep it simple. We got to eat. Exactly, exactly. I, one other story I'll share real quick, and it was funny because I, I told him, I was reminded of this one yesterday as well. My daughter, had, had uh, it was Thanksgiving. We were living in Houston at the time, and she wanted to invite, well, she wanted to go to this young man's house for Thanksgiving, and I, I wasn't going for that. Didn't know him, didn't know his family. So she said, well, Dad, can he come here? Didn't really want that either, but I said that, that was better of the two because uh -huh. I can control what goes on in my house and so forth. So anybody, the young man comes over and didn't make a good impression at all. And so we're sitting at the table, and, and, and we're about to say, say grace. And so Lance is sitting down, and he looks over at his sister, and he says, he says, Takara, I know you could do better than this. Wow. And uh, everybody was thinking it, you know, it was kind of like one of those, I tell you, it was like one of those color purple moments, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. where it's like, okay, now we can go ahead and eat. Now, pass me the dressing and the turkey now. Hold now, on, pause. Was the guy still at the table? Yeah, he was still there. He was sitting there and his cousin was sitting there and Lance just, you know, just called it out. And, you know, everybody was thinking the same thing. And it's like, well, man, thank goodness he got that off. <laughs> Let's go on to eat now so we can go. And uh, you know, you know, he he hung around for the guy hung around for a little while. Of course, I I stayed very close to the situation. Yeah. And uh, and eventually, you know, she decided she didn't want to be bothered with him anymore. And and I and I remember even in that moment, when uh, when they broke up, actually I was driving them in the car, and the and my they're in the back seat, and I hear my daughter say stop. So I I hit the button so that the music got cut off, and I didn't turn around. I said. Um, is there a problem? And my daughter said, no, dad, no problem. I said, okay. 
I hit the button and we drove and dropped him off. And when he got out of the car, of course, I asked, you know, what's going on? She says, well, I just broke up with him. Wow. And uh, I thought to myself, hmm, well, I guess that was a good way to, wow. to break up. And I, yeah. But even though I was happy in that moment, what I told her, I said, you know what, you're a young lady and you deserve the right to change your mind. So if you tell me on Monday y'all are back together, I'm going to be all right with it. Mm -hmm. But that was it. He was done. Yeah. Uh, he was gone. Cause, and and uh, I, I attribute that somewhat that, you know, that he, he didn't have the ability to say, well, your parents didn't want us to be together anyway because I didn't say that. Mm -hmm. What I said was if that's what you decide to go do, then I'm okay with it. We'll yeah. work through it. Yeah. Man, that's beautiful. You know, I know I know we're here to discuss, you know, Lance and everything, but I'd be remiss if I didn't just acknowledge the uh, – the the wisdom of a father and the heart of a father that you've just displayed in terms of um you know i guess how to either negotiate with your kids or how to navigate them mm -hmm. through through difficult situations um because you know i know uh sometimes we can be really hands off in some scenarios and 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 i know that that that's a part of the experience as well but mm -hmm. then sometimes the the other stream of that is being a helicopter parent and so uh, I think that's a nice balance, and I think that, man, that was an awesome way to do it in a way that really honored your daughter. Um, and I, I'll just go back, you know, I think that was beautiful. I didn't really say that at the beginning of the interview, but the fact that your, your daughter is still calling you and your wife or her mom on the way home uh, after work, you know, that's an interesting dynamic. Uh, I heard one of the greatest honors that a parent, in this case it was told to me from a father to son perspective, but I'll say that a parent could have with their child is for uh, their child still wanting them in their life, you know, mm -hmm. uh, is deep into adulthood, particularly where uh, um, your children are right now. And I, and I think that to that point, that, that, that's why, you know, it, you know, the topic we're here to talk about, that's why it hurt me so deeply when Lance and I had uh, experienced a rift Let's go there um, then. Yeah. Let's 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 go there. So let's so we, we 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 understand who Lance is. Lance is a good guy who is beloved by his father, his mother, and his two siblings. Uh, but then there comes a point where, and guys, if you're listening really closely, you hear him kind of nasally. Uh, I am on the backside of some congestion, but I'm working through this. So I just wanted to put that little that little note in there, but. Uh, you, you have this dynamic relationship with your son and then literally all of a sudden you started to witness this fracture in in the relationship and we realized that it's rooted in communication but can you take us to that point where things started to become great for you yeah I, I would say that um, <clears throat> I, I, where I think it started uh, was right around the time that Lance was probably in he was in high school <coughs> Uh, again, he was the youngest of, of the of the three, and um, right around that time, I had gotten promoted, which which was a good thing. I got promoted from being a plant manager to being a director of operations, and then I got promoted to being the vice president of operations. But when I got that particular promotion, uh, it was uh, we were living in Dallas, and I was required to uh, move to Atlanta, and I got some leniency in the initial move because I said my son's in his senior year. Uh, what can I you know, wait till he graduates. They said, fine, you can do that. But you still got to come work out of Atlanta every uh, every week. So I would leave on a, fr say, a Sunday, and I would go down to Atlanta. And leave I Leave Dallas, head to Atlanta. Head to Atlanta. And then I would, uh, now it was over 12 manufacturing facilities, so I, I would 
be based out of Atlanta, and sometimes I would fly to Atlanta to Minneapolis or to you know wherever else I had to go Buffalo or wherever, um, and then I'd come back home on on Friday and then be there for um, uh, you know Saturday for the weekend and then do the same thing every other week. And as I said earlier, Lance was also playing sports at that time. He was on a football team and basketball team. So I tried in most cases to get, get back home for that. And most of the time I was successful. So I was able to, to be there in the stands to kind of cheer the team on. Um, but one thing I, I, I noted in that time frame is that, you know, well, one, I just wasn't there. And I didn't, I don't think I considered uh, the impact of me not being home as much as I do now on the backside of it. Uh, when my daughter, for example, was you know coming into 13, 14, 15 year, years of age, at that time I was a corporate engineer and I flew all the time, and I actually came, made the decision to come off the road and go into a manufacturing facility so I could be home every night. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that I, I, I didn't make that same decision about my, my son. At, granted, he was older, but still uh, not understanding that the, the uh, unintended consequences of our relationship of not being home on a day-to-day basis in a time where you're, as a young man, going through adolescence, you know, you're going through a peer pressure, you're going through, you know, the, the whole uh, relationship thing and all those kind of things that, uh, that that impact you. Do you think you made that decision based on the fact that she was a girl, he was a guy? Then- I, I, honestly, in fa- and honestly, if I look back on it, I think that did have something to do with, although I think a lot of it had to do more with the fact that it was a combination of being a girl and that the age that she was. Mm-hmm. Uh, versus, because I actually talked to Lance. He's like, oh, Dad, go for it. Go, you know, whatever. So we did have some discussion about me going. and uh, But I don't think that either of us really understood what that meant. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times, it, I mean, from a financial standpoint, it meant to you know, make more money and be able to do more things for the house and so forth. Uh, but what we didn't realize is, is what it meant in terms of our relationship, which was a time that he needed to have my influence uh because when, when my daughter went through those ages and stages i was at home mm-hmm. uh worked in a manufacturing facility and came home every day and actually that was right around that time when she was in in, in um in high school that was the first time that i lived close enough where i could drop them off seven minutes from the house and then drive seven more minutes to get to work so that gave me a a, a, a level of closeness and engagement that the teacher called and said hey there's an issue Guess what? I can go down to the school, and I, in fact, one time my daughter did have an issue. <laughs> Teacher called up, says, "Well, uh, she, she's hanging with the wrong crowd, and she's being disrespectful, blah blah blah." And I said, "Okay, fine." I said, "I'm gonna talk to her about it." And I said, "If she says that she didn't do this, I said you'll have another student on Monday." And sure enough, on Monday morning, I dropped them off like I normally did. When they got a haircut, came right back and was in class, and she looked up and you know astounded that Dad sits in the middle of her uh, home economics class. And, uh, and I stayed there the entire class. And then we got out of class. I said, well, uh, I said, where's our next class? And she, said, <laughs> she, she burst into tears. Like, oh. wow. I, wow. I said, well, you have embarrassed me and your mother. And so that's why I'm here today. And I said, now, I'm going to leave. I said, but if we have another problem, I'm coming back, spending the whole day with you. Wow. And I never had to come back. And, and so, you know, at a time that uh, my, my Lance, my youngest, is, is in, in, in school and, and, and having uh, – you know, not necessarily having issues per se, but going through all these things that you, the children and student, young people to go through, I wasn't around. Mm-hmm. I was uh, I was gone all week long. Back and forth on the road. So, uh, and how long did this did this period last of the traveling? Was he at this point? Was he into his senior year already? I, I believe he was in his senior year already. Um, <coughs> and so, what was supposed to happen is that I was going to. Uh, 
I was going to, uh, we were going to move after he graduated in June. But what ended up happening was the company got sold. My manager uh, was, well, actually, the whole leadership team got let go. And then subsequently, he let me know that we would be getting let, that his, his debt record post would be let go. And so that happened. I, uh, I think that, so I ended up not moving. So we weren't all together. And I ended up just kept flying back and forth through, I believe it was February the following year uh, after he had graduated. Uh, and then he had gone off to college, uh, to a junior college for a little while and got over there and we got him set up and everything. Then he was like, I don't want to be living here because, you know, people are doing drugs and so forth and didn't like the, uh, the, the people he was, because it was in an apartment, didn't like who he was. A, and I think, I think the thing that really turned him off, to be honest, if I think about it, was that he had locked his keys in his room one day and then the other guy just comes up and says, oh, no problem, I, I can get it and just takes like a, 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 a butter <laughs> knife or something. And just open the door well. to his room. So you know how security you feel. I mean, well, Lance, well. Lance grew up in the suburbs. Yeah. And you know he he, he didn't know how to use a, a butter knife to, to open, open the, the door. Doors. Right. So I think that really was the trigger point that says, you know, I don't think I want to stay here with people who know how to open my door up with a, a butter knife. Uh -huh. And so he comes back home, and so he's there with his with his mom, and and then of course I'm with my wife Tracy, and then I'm still flying back and forth. Um, and then, he, like I said, he has, has a girlfriend at the time and starts having some relationship problems with her. And, uh, and, and then they end up breaking up and that was traumatic. And uh, so I think right after all that happened, then I ended up coming back. Uh, uh, I came back home permanently in, I think, in February. But then I was on there from February until, I think, in June, I got a job uh, based out of Chicago. So now I'm flying back and forth to Chicago, and that really same situation, worse. just a different yeah, city. Yeah, different city. Yeah, yeah. yep. And uh, of course, of course, the other thing was too is that he had a, one thing that was uncharacteristic about him was that he had a very good job. Uh, uh, one time he was doing some job with some, I think, some uh, the mortgage company or something. Then it's, uh, then he worked at a uh, a company that did uh, placements. I think it was. Uh, uh, temporary employees and I, and when he got the job I thought he was going to go there as a temporary employee he went there as a member of staff so he made good money then he left that job and went to work for Capital One and he made even better money so you have a young person making a lot of money uh, at least well, well as, as much as saying an adult yeah. uh, who's established and so forth um, but yet you know um, so you and, and then you're already independent anyway and so now you really think that you got it, you know. And again, another piece of it is we just we talked last time. You know, I, I reflect on myself. At that time, you know, as we become young men, we start thinking that, uh, hey, I got it. I, you know, I, I, I'm sitting on top of the world. Mm -hmm. And then it's really about establishing yourself. Mm -hmm. And so some of that stuff naturally draws you away from your parents. Uh, but it even went to the extent that you know we it just totally our communication just totally broke down. And so we didn't have a, any kind of a good relationship at all. My so, wife, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, because it seems like, so both of you all are really still in this huge uh, two transitional phases. So you got life is happening fast for both of you all simultaneously. And uh, the, the indirect cause of that is that, you know, there's no communication uh, or you're just missing each other in transition. I got this visual in my head because you on your cycle of traveling and your work is ramping up, and then he's on his cycle of, uh, he's in junior college, he has the job, his work is ramping up, and I can imagine that those two spheres that you all are working in are just 
barely touching each other. Yeah. And, and they're in full motion. Yeah. And you're I, under the same roof. I, yeah. And, and, and we are, but we're not. And, 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 and I say that because, you know, I'm, I'm not under the roof, you know, five days of those seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if I come home, he might have been, you know, going on a tr- weekend trip or going right. to California or whatever. Because, you know, one, he was, you know, he was 18 and plus and then had his own money. So it's not like he's saying, Dad, can I have money to do X? He, yep. he has his own money to go do that. Uh, and then I think the other part of it is, is, is with, with us is that um, at first he was, you know, if he was thinking about doing the transition to a, uh, a new position, he would say, and I, I remember being in New York. You know, and out at uh, I can see a vision of myself being out in, in front of a Barnes and Noble in the parking lot trying to get me some dinner. And he calls me up. He's like, "Well, Dad, I'm thinking about applying for this different job. Uh, what should I do? And and you know, what's the approach? And here's my letter I wrote. And how should I tell my manager that I'm looking to do be in another department? So that was happening, and 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 that was good. Mm-hmm. But then it, that eroded, and then it got to a point where he wasn't asking me. Uh, what my thoughts were, and, and some of it because he probably developed some mentorship relationship with some other people. But and, but again, it just as a dad who wants to be a part, and in my mind, I'm envisioning okay, when my kids get to be a certain age, then we'll be able to do traveling together, especially my sons, because you know we let's go to you know to, I don't know Tahiti or wherever together, mm-hmm. and just just me and the boys. Yeah. And uh, and 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 then I find myself in a place where I'm kind of like the outsider because he's connected with his mother. And so, uh, you know, Tracy and he, they're talking all the time. They're on the phone all the time. And it's almost like when I come in, it's, uh, and, and, it's and, and as I reflect now, I, I can remember my wife telling me um, when the kids were smaller, when I traveled a lot, and then she would say, Are you messing up the vibe, mm-hmm. you know, because they kind of got their own thing going all week. Yeah. And then you come home on Saturday and Sunday, and you think it's supposed to evolve back to, you know, mm-hmm. dad's the center. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not the center because they go to mom all, you know, five days a week. Yep. And so now you're here, you're really kind of messing things up almost. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it requires a shift in the dynamic in the household. And so even more so as an adult, you know, where, you know, you know he's kind of doing his thing and everybody's doing their thing. And my, my wife was in school at the time. And she, uh, she uh, think the one of her, I think she was working on a master's program, I think, at the time of her if I remember correctly. And uh, so everybody's doing all this stuff. And, but in the midst of all of that, my relationship with my youngest, with Lance, has just deteriorated, even to the point that at some point that it's like, you know, he doesn't want to talk to me. Mm-hmm. He, does, he doesn't want to be around when I come around. I'm like, well, what's this? And I'm trying to understand, what is this from? Uh, you, know, what did I, you know, what did I do? And I spent a lot of time, you know, how did this happen? Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, on, on this side of it, I look at it and, and realize that, you know, that in some critical times of being at home, I wasn't there. Uh, or maybe, you know, being an engineer as well, you know, and not being that great of a listener, per se, as a, as, as a fixer. You know, you, somebody, you call home and somebody say, this is this is going on, and you say, okay, well, do this, 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 and this. And, and they didn't want you to say do this, this, and this. They want you to listen, listen. to the whole thing, which is ironic because on this side of it, when, you know, now he calls me and I'm, I'm, I'm having to listen and not fix. Man, I hope, I hope folks are really listening to this. I hope, literally, I hope you are listening to uh, I, the, the explanation and the, the clarity that you have now. You know, they say hindsight is twenty twenty, and But even in that hindsight being 2020 you can still be in denial on mm-hmm. 
you know, saying that, but I did listen, mm -hmm. but I was there. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like, you know, like your wife was saying that the system in your in your own household amongst your children were ch was changing. It was shifting. Mm -hmm. And then you coming back on the weekends thinking that y'all in the old system, they're on 2.0 or 3.0. Right. They operate off the 1.5 system. And so uh, I think that's a really interesting dynamic right there. Uh, a couple of things came to mind while you were talking. Like I said, this this whole situation really sounded like a slow leak in the tire that just progressed and progressed and progressed. Do you uh, ever think about, or or it's it's yeah, I should say, do you think about the fact that it impacted Lance in the way that it? that it impacted him versus your older kids because of the age dynamic where they already out of the house when this, when the traveling came, when yeah. the tra yeah. traveling was more rapid. Yeah. Because again, um, he, my, my children are three years apart. Yeah. And so Lance, um, and, and their dynamic basically remained the same. Right. You. Because they're, they're off. And like I say, my daughter would call, uh, uh to send me a, and that's how we communicate anyway. Cause she was already living somewhere else. Yeah. And my son was living somewhere else. So that communication was, you know, the the, the phone piece it's and not being remote. right. And plus, during that formative time, I was there, and versus, you know, in this critical time in the development of a young man. And it's interesting because, like I said, I spent the last two years working at Tennessee State University in, as executive director of student affairs, and so having the opportunity to, to interact with a lot of uh, 18, 17, 18 year olds, and and like I got two young men that I mentor now that are uh, sophomores um, and, and in dialogue with them on a weekly basis, you know, I'm seeing that this is kind of the, in the area that my son was at that time. Mm -hmm. And uh, so now I, it's almost like you get an opportunity to get another flashback at, yep. you know, uh, you know, the, the stuff that, that he needed that they need right now. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think I made, I, I made some mistakes. I made some misses and things that, that I took for granted. Um, and then sometimes, you know, just because somebody said they're good, don't mean they're good. Yeah, right? of course. And, and again, it's, especially when you're dealing with men. Right. And when you're independent, you're going to say you're good anyway. You're always going to say it. Right. Well, let me ask. So was there a tipping point in, in the in the relationship where you said, you know, something is it's that throw your hands up moment? Was there that moment for you uh, and, and throw your hands up, not in a way that I give up, but. It's kind of like, okay, I'm accepting this to be either the new norm or it is what it is. Well, I, I would say that um, I threw my hands up in the sense that, well, let me tell you, it got to the place that, for example, where I would try to, let me, let me go back a step, because I got to give you the context. On every Father's Day, for example, my son would write me this long, I mean, this is, uh, he write me a letter for Father's Day about how wonderful a dad I was. Mm -hmm and role model, et cetera. And I'm not talking about three lines. I'm talking about a long, well-thought-out thing about, you know, and that was very touching, and I would share with that with people and so forth. So to go from that to getting nothing, you know, and, and it, so it's not even about paying for a meal. It was about the expression of how important I am to you in your life. So to be in that, uh, now I get no, no, uh, no expression in that regard. Uh, that's dramatic, and I think that you know when I got to the place where, for example, his birthday would come around, and and uh, I would uh, uh, 
try to send him a text message, say happy birthday or something, and because maybe his sister gave me his number or something. And then he would get upset with them that, I, that they had given me the number. Wow. Uh, and so then, you know, when I saw that being backlash on them, then I, then I, was, I, would, I backed away and said, okay, well, look. And, and, you know, accepting the new norm in the sense that, hey, I'm going to pray about this and I'm going to believe God on this. And I believe that, you know, there's some foundational things that are good here. And, I, and even in my, uh, I sent, we, we had, had a, a text message exchange and, where he thought I was saying that he had uh, taken some, uh, well, not that he had taken some money, but it was some money that was in the account. Uh, and it was, it was really honest, it was a mis, uh, misunderstanding. What happened was I had had somebody who transferred some money to me, and he and I had a joint account, so he had called his mom about it and uh, to say, hey, there's some extra money in this account. And, uh, and so uh, I'm in another room, and I'm like, she, she said, well, Lance said there's extra money in his account. And I said, well, uh, that, that's my money. Somebody put that in there. And, uh, and, and because we were not talking directly, mm -hmm. he, he took that to mean that I'm, his, his follow-up was, well, I wasn't going to take the money type thing. Right. And so then that got misconstrued, and so I ended up saying, well, son, have, has there ever been a time that I, that I have said anything negative about you in this way? And so, and, and. So that kind of was kind of like uh, it blew up to a huge thing, which was nothing. But because of the, the poor communication and the background uh, already, the backdrop of not having that good of a communication just blew up. Yeah, because basically at this point, you got a surrogate in your wife who's communicating on your behalf and on his behalf. Uh, in some ways, you, you were really cut off, you know, when you got to ask your daughter or your wife for his exactly. cell phone number. Exactly. And so... You know, I started this conversation off by saying it was literally a breakdown in communications. That is, you know, I would actually go as far as say uh, just a, the disconnect in communication. And, and, and what I'll tell you, uh, Aaron, and this is what, one thing, and, and especially on this side of it, it's like one thing I have been very careful of is, in fact, my wife, we've had at least one conversation is I don't want anybody talking for me. Yeah. <laughs> Look, because I've been on the other side of that, and that's what, and again, it just, if you ever played that game, I think they call it telephone or yeah, something as a kid. Course. You tell somebody, hey, I like eating peanut butter sandwiches at 6 o'clock on Tuesday. And then it goes all around the room and it comes out that you was at Burger King, <laughs> you know, getting a Whopper on Friday. And then, hold on, but that, it comes out in a room of 15 that you was at Burger King getting a Whopper on Friday. And when you go back around, you realize that the communication broke down on the third person. Exactly. Out of 15. Exactly. And And, and – and so that's one thing that I, I you know, in retrospect, I'm, I'm very cautious of is, is making sure that if I'm communicating, I will communicate directly and I will listen directly as opposed to have somebody to be that mediator and who may miss it, miss it in the tone or inclination or whatever. Uh, because sometimes you know, when, when you're talking to somebody, uh, the tone, if you don't capture the right the, the tone, the message is totally different. Yeah, so the the nuances. Yes. It's like, you know, you know, I can recall where, you know, my mom would maybe say, Hey, my brother's name is Larry. You know, she said, Hey, will you tell Larry to come here, please? And I go in the room and say, Mama wants you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, he, and, he think he's in trouble. Exactly. So <laughs> <laughs> And you know, a part of that, especially as a kid, was all a ploy. It was all a ploy for me. Uh um you know, what's interesting is that, so we, we talk about all of the breakdown, but, you know, what, like I said, one of the reasons you're here is because, you know, there's 
a silver lining in in life in general and particularly in the relationship with you and Lance. And so I kind of want to get some of the transition to that point where uh, the decision is made that, hey, we, we need to get past this. Uh, and so we know that the decision was made, but how do you get to that conclusion that, hey, I, I want to, if the communication is broken down, I want to start to repair that with my son? Well, I, I'll tell you, for me, um, I can remember the moment that and I, when I started having my outward conversation with God about, oh, listen, I want this to be different, mm-hmm. okay? Because to, to, as you said earlier, you get to a point, you're like, this is what it is. This is the new normal, and you just you have to go on with life, so you do, okay? And, and part of that is, and we talked about last time, is that you don't realize that how this is, 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 uh, has you um, uh, kind of, uh, I almost want to say crippled or how much this is impacting you. You think you're still operating at 100%. Yeah. You're not. Yeah. Okay, you're just not because you have this broken relationship. And at the end of the day, all we are is the sum of all our relationships. So you're not going to not going to be okay with that. I'll just interject here. Somebody told me years ago about the difference between everybody thinks they're a peach. And and you take a peach and it rots and whatever and then there's a pit in the middle and we think that's us. Mm-hmm. And and everybody else is all that fleshy stuff that went away. And the gentleman told me, he says, but we're more like an onion. Mm-hmm. We're just layers and layers and layers. And if you cut an onion exactly in the middle, there's a hole in the center. Yeah. So we're nothing but layers of our relationships. In fact, you cannot tell me who you are without telling me about other people. Because, exactly. you know, because you're somebody's uncle, somebody's brother, somebody's father, somebody's spouse, somebody's friend, somebody's employee, somebody's, you know, uh, boss. Uh, and so we have all these different relationships. And, and for me... Um, it, it, it was in that moment that I'm like, okay, Lord, I want something better. I don't know how I'm going to get to better, but I'm, I'm expecting and, uh, and hoping for better. So, uh, again, in the, that, that third party realm, right, between my daughter and my wife, and, my, and Lance talked a lot to, to his sister. And so she, sometimes she said, well, Lance said he's going to call, blah, 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 blah. Well, the call wouldn't come, or he was going to text, and, and it didn't happen. So I, uh, uh, it was uh, the end of uh, April. And uh, so she says, well, he said he's going to uh, uh, call uh, and, and reach out to you. And I said, okay. And then, but I didn't say it wouldn't happen, even though that it, most all other times it didn't. This time I, I kind of responded a little different to it. And uh, so I said, okay, well, tell me this. Tell me what the um, his last four digits, at least when I see a text message come through, I know who this is, or I, or I see the call come, I know who it is, and I'll answer it because I – so many people call me, I don't know. Sometimes I don't answer the call. I didn't want to not answer my son's call. And so, uh, not, but earlier that, well, let me go back to a day. The day before that, I'd had a dream that he and I were walking across a college campus, which is kind of an interesting dream to have had when you're having, having a close relationship with somebody. And so the next day, I dropped my wife off at work, and she tells me, she says, well, uh, Lance sent these text messages, and I'm concerned about him, and this and that and the other. And I'm like, okay, well, you need to buy a plane ticket, go see about our child. And to this day, and at this point, is he still in Houston? No, or, I mean Dallas. No, he is. He, he had moved to uh, Colorado. Okay. And she said, oh, I'm worried, and this and that and the other. And 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 to this day, I have not ever uh, read what the text said. Mm-hmm. Okay, because when she said that at the time, I I immediately took action. You know, out of being dad, listen, go see about our child. Yeah, you of know? course. You know, I don't need to know anymore. <laughs> I've heard enough to say if you're concerned to that extent that you're giving off these alarms, 
then go see about our son this weekend. So I talked to my mother-in-law that day. And, uh, and so by the time my daughters talked to me and said he's going to uh, reach out. So then I get the text message from Lance and says, uh, Dad, uh, I realize I need you in my life and 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 uh give me a call or something to that effect is this this is the day of the dream or the day after the that's dream? that's the day after the dream so i had it that night woke up that morning and the next day he calls me he sends a text message so um of course you know as i shared with you last time i'm a pretty mo- emotional person mm-hmm. so i said let me find me some tissue or something because i know <laughs> i'm gonna be weeping and carrying on anybody know with me about my my children that you know that, that that's one area i'll go weeping in a minute and uh, so anyway, didn't find any tissue, but I had this, this towel in the back of the car. I don't even know why I was back there, but I got it and put it in my hand. And so I go driving off campus and I call him up and, I, and he answers the phone and I said, son, I miss you and I love you. And then the tears just flowed, you know. Wow. And then, of course, he, you know, sh- shares the same sentiments with me. And uh, I actually was on my way to a meeting. So I talked to him all the way to the meeting. I said, I got to go in this meeting, but I'll call you when I come back. Get out of it. So I did. In the course of doing all that, I realized that I just told my wife to, to go to uh, Colorado because I, I didn't feel like I had the relationship where I would be received. Then I thought about, you know, I can go myself. Mm-hmm. So I talked to her, I said, I'm going to Colorado. <laughs> so uh, that was, I believe on a, I can't remember, it was the 30th and, uh, no, actually that, that was the, yeah, that was the 30th. And then the, the very next day was the first. I remember that because I, I got called in and they said, your, your, your position is eliminated. Uh, and I said, wow. well, I, I had already put in the request to be off that following Monday because I was going to fly out Saturday, be back on, on, uh, on Monday. Um, and, uh, you know, when, I, when they told me about my position being eliminated, I, I, I shared with the gentleman. I said, listen, I said, let me tell you something. I said, yesterday I got my son back. Mm. And I said, so nothing that I will lose today. Mm-hmm. Is, is comparable to what I gained back on yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, I told my mother-in-law, and, and, and I shared with you last time, that you know, I literally felt that if I only had three breaths to take uh, after that experience of, of, of reconciling with my son just over the phone, uh, that I was okay with just laying down and, and dying, and, and you know, it was, it, I was good. And, uh, and what was her response? Well, my wife was like, oh, we need you. What you talking about? You're you talking crazy. But she missed, she missed what I was trying to say. What I was saying, look, I was just elated. Yeah. And, uh, and so much so that when I went to, um, I got on the plane on that uh, Saturday morning real early and got to the airport and I go there and I'm thinking my son's going to be outside and, you know, I'm going to go outside of the airport and, you know, look for him or whatever. But he actually had parked the car and, came inside and so I'm about to get on the phone and kind of have my little ass little conversation with somebody before I meet with my son. And, uh, and then he walks up on me coming from the left and we saw each other and, and just embraced and just cried and just, I mean, just heaving and crying and, wow. just, and, 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 and really holding one another, not caring about who saw, of course. uh, you know, just shut the whole world out, done that matter. And I can just feel, uh, myself becoming strengthened even in that process being be feeling taller and stronger and everything and I remember him telling he says dad he says now that I have you back I'm back on top and uh, and it's just it's just interesting that you know that that, that moment of restoration mm-hmm. um, you know um, you, you know, I, I can tell you that it was awful uh, not having a relationship with my son and in that that moment there it was like it was all gone it was all forgotten and uh and, and I'm thankful that we have a genuine 
uh, restorative relationship that is it's not fake, it's real. And uh, and he's a man, and, and I'm a man, and and I and I uh, and I say that 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 means that you know he has his thoughts, and I have my thoughts, and and he's not a child, he's my child, but he's not a child, and uh, and so I can respect him from that vantage point, and and the things that he's going through, and the things I'm going through, and right now I'm like getting another job, yeah, <laughs> and uh, but he's also has been very encouraging too, because you know he, he told me he started sharing with me that uh, dad. Uh, you know, uh, you, uh, you 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 become this this uh, positive man and this role model and this stuff. Hey, you know, you you just don't. These these are not uh, discussions that you we normally have uh, opportunity to hear from our children because we don't make those opportunities uh-huh. to hear from our children. The one thing that we did do when, we, when the children were small, we we had a daily affirmation, and I would uh, encourage any parent uh, to to do this. And what we would do is from from lands up that every single person had to say something positive about everybody else. And the reason why we did that is because you don't know what you're going to face when you walk out the door of your yeah, house, yeah. right? It could be hate standing at the bus stop. Uh, but uh, you know, I always tell folks that, you know, that hate won't grow in a garden of love. So yeah. we put love down first. Yeah. And, uh, and so we did that. So, so it wasn't the first time that, I, that I've had some affirmation from my son, but to have it in that moment, uh, was just so different and uh, just uplifting, and it really has kept me honestly. And like I said, I I, I feel a hundred percent, and uh, in a real sense, knowing that this relationship has been uh, restored. And then I also see the offshoot, like you know, relationships with with other family members that now have been restored because of this one was restored. And and then also the impact on the entire family, who's not having to kind of. Uh, you know, go have a discussion with this relative, go have with Lance over here and dad over here, and we're not together, but really that we're all uh, a part of the, the, the same moment and movement. And even though we got our own lives and we're all doing separate things, but we can all be positive and not feel like that, uh, you know, me spending more time with this one is, is, is you know, I got to answer to this other person to, well, why are you over there and not over here? Hold on, you got to let me get something in. Uh... Because you, you just went all the way off, and I appreciate it. Because you covered some ground that I wanted to uh, bring up about how uh, one relationship, one broken relationship in the family can impact other relationships. But you just covered that. Um, I did want to tap as as we start to close. The thing that caught my attention and that got us here at this table for this conversation is the blog that you wrote on May fifth as you were heading to Colorado to see your son. And you titled that blog, I wouldn't trade anything for this. A restored relationship is worth more than a mountain of gold. And you go on to, you know, talk about your flight. And this was leading up to the moment before you even saw him in the airport. Yes. And uh, I thought this blog was beautiful. And it's so amazing for you to put this type of content out and then to... Uh, be embraced like that by your son um, in that moment that you all shared in the airport like you said not having a care in the world of who was watching who saw you uh, it was just this authentic moment of um, love and just embracing one another I just want to ask at this point you know this is we're in we're in the month of June this happened in May how have you seen the days 
just unfold since that time again? Well, it, it's, it's, it's been beautiful. You know, my son just started a new job. I, I, I shared that. He told me this week, earlier this week, I think he started on Tuesday. So it must have been Tuesday night. And one of the questions they were asked about is, what, what's one of the things that you're most uh, proud of that you have accomplished? And the thing that he shared that he was most pr proud of is that, that he had restored his relationship with me. And uh, that, that's, that's deep. Mm -hmm. And what was deeper than that was that there were several people in the, in, in the same session that, that, talk, that said that they wished that they could have restored their relationship, but they have uh, uh, parents that are older, some have dementia, uh, don't even know who they are anymore. Wow. And you, you don't think about that. I mean, you, you, you know, we think that, you know, we can get mad with somebody and, and uh, or, you know, and, well, when we get ready to try to reconcile, we'll go do that. But we don't know that you're going to have the opportunity. I mean, when you go back, you don't know that person in their right frame of mind. You don't know if they're going to be alive mm -hmm. uh, or you're going to be alive mm -hmm. or you're going to be in your right frame of mind. Yep. Uh, but for me, for, for him to tell me that that's what he thought that his, 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 his greatest achievement was, the restoring relationship with me. And, uh, and, but, but it also goes to understanding how important it is. And I, I shared with you last time, just briefly, that when I, first of all, I, this is not something that I would normally go out and be telling people. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, it's not something that I'm wearing as a badge of uh, carriage, right? It's because in it is a lot of failing on my part. Uh, but in sharing it, what I've discovered is that there are lots and lots of people who have these broken relationships. You know, I've had mothers tell me that they don't have a relationship with their, uh, with their sons. And I had sisters and brothers that said that, you know, we fell out over something simple. And then as a, because of that, now I feel like my family sided with them to go to your point that how now this has become bigger than just the two of them. It's now about the entire family. Yep. Uh, and just over and over, and, 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 and I guess it's because this is something that we hide or we keep close to the vest and we kind of compartmentalize it and we go on with our lives. And again, because we think we're going on at 100%, you don't know that you're not at 100% till you get it back. Yep. Okay, when, when, when I stood there with my son in my arms at the airport, I knew <laughs> that, that I hadn't been 100%. Mm -hmm. I was 100% when that boy was, you know, this 23-year-old this man is hugging me mm -hmm. And not worried about and crying and, and 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 loving his dad and you know and now when we get on the phone and we end the call, I, I love your dad you know love, you know and and we're not afraid and ashamed to say that yeah because we know what we've missed in those those moments and those hours and and, and that year plus two years plus and uh, and thankful for every day since. You know uh, I do want to say something. Uh, two two points that uh, I want to acknowledge before we get out of here. One is your book, and that'll be the thing that we close with, because um, I want I want you to just give us a overview of that. Um, but you know, as you just mentioned and re mentioned and reminded me of Lance's age of twenty three, uh, I'm also reminded of the uh, re the relationship dynamic between you and your father. And you told me before that you met your dad. Or you yes. developed a relationship with your dad at the age of 23. Yes, right around that time. Yeah, because I, I, I wasn't raised with my dad, and I had just gotten out of uh, college. And the first time that I had a, a, a relationship that I can say that was meaningful with my dad, and I remember in that moment how scared I was because my mom was, oh, he don't want to see you, and this and that and all that and whatever. 
And uh, almost, you know, I, I know that was out of protection for my feelings and all that and whatever, but I, I needed closure, so I went and saw him anyway. And we saw each other and looked just alike and bust out laughing. And, 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 and I, as I shared, from, from that time to the time I was 36 years old, uh, we had the, the best relationship. And then he died, of course, at 58 uh, with uh, bone cancer. Uh, but I felt like our relationship was complete. And so it was ironic that here I have a child that's been in my house then, up until that time frame, and then, then we don't have a relationship when I got mine at that time. And so that's, that's another reason why it was it, very hurtful to me that we didn't have this relationship because I never wanted for my son what, what I had, mm -hmm. uh, at least certainly not at, the, at, at, you know, at those uh, younger years. And, and, and I wanted to be better, have a better relationship than I was able to have with my daddy even as an adult. It's amazing. Uh, I know we spend a lot of time talking about Lance, but uh, is it Latanya, your La oldest daughter? Oh, uh, no, my, my young, oldest daughter is Takara. Takara. What am I getting Latanya from? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Takara. <laughs> and then your son, who is the middle son, who is your namesake, yes. but is pronounced differently. Yeah, so you have, we have... Uh, uh, you got your dad, who yeah, is... Yeah, my dad is, uh, is Latin-y. And then uh, mine is Latin and my son is Latine. It's all spelled the same way, but it's, and I, I don't know why we did that, don't ask, uh, in terms of the pronunciations, but, um, but everybody knows who, who, who's who and uh, has our, our own personalities. And so, you know, like I said, we, we've been very fortunate to have a very blessed family. Did and, you, I'm sorry, did you let me call you Latine at the top of this interview? Yeah, I did. You it, did, it, but that's your son. That's my son. And you know, that, and that's my default. But you are Latine. I'm Latin. Latin. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why I don't say anything. <laughs> let, let me tell you a quick, a uh, real funny story. Latin, bracket the third. I'll tell you a real gentlemen. quick funny story why, why I don't why I don't correct uh, people. When I was about 17 years old, I lived. I grew up in Norfolk, Virginia, and everybody had to take the ABSVAP test, so the, the military battery exam. And so uh, they had this uh, recruiter to come up and, oh, you need to go and do the recruit, nice-looking lady and stuff, because she makes it look like you're going to be dating or something, which you're not. And so I, I end up on the bus going to Richmond to the MEP Center, and supposedly just to kind of check some stuff out with the military, but the real, the real reason they get you down there is so they can get you sworn in. So by the time I realized that I've been tricked, I leave and I go to the bus station, and which, which took me a long time to get there because I didn't know the areas, and I'm waiting on the bus. And just when the bus comes up, this uh, sergeant comes in uh, from the, uh, from the uh, Army, and, and just like you would see in the, uh, in the movies, the, the guy with the huge chest and the small waist, and he's like, Leighton Beckett, Leighton Beckett. And I jump up and I say, Latane Braggett? He said, yeah, you, come with me. <laughs> and I get drugged all the way back down, and the next thing I know, I got my hand in the air. And uh, so that's why I tell people that's why I learned to you say say my name however you want to say it because uh -huh. it may be advantageous to me to be able to get away. <laughs> uh huh. That's beautiful. That's an interesting, funny story. But yeah, you you could have got me right. We well, listen. We've interacted enough for you to just <laughs> just get me right. <laughs> oh man. All right. So we, we we're right here at the end. Can you just? Uh, I got your books in here right in front of me. Is uh? Can I just tell the truth? My Take on Leadership, the journal edition. And, and just real quick, uh, this uh, is, I think it's the third book that I've put out of original leadership quotes. Um, and, um, and, and the, really the book is, is what I call a, uh, a think through as opposed to a read through. Um, 
the book is designed to really to spark dialogue around leadership. And I think that we're not having enough discussion. My prior book was called Where Are All the Leaders? And I think if you watch TV or the news, you're probably asking yourself that many times, where are all the leaders? Because the behaviors that you see are certainly not indicative of what we were taught leaders uh, either are, do, or, or the way they behave. And so really the book is really uh, the, the type of book that the parent can sit down with their children and then you read uh, two passages and, and then just sit down and have some dialogue in terms of what does that mean to them or what does that look like so that we can start reinstilling the values around leadership and caring and support and self-reliance uh, and accountability and all those things back in, in our young people. Uh, and as well as our, in ourselves, because I think that in many ways we've lost our way in terms of how we're engaging and how we're setting an example for those next generations. All right. Well, you heard it here. Uh, I know I already got my copy of the book, so I'm expecting you to take this one back with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, hopefully uh, you made it to this point and you've been able to receive the full blessing of a story that is rooted in reconciliation and full restoration. Um, I want to thank Mr. Brackett again for his time and for his gener his generous his generosity, I should say, um, for coming back to do this again with me. I told you all at the top of this conversation that I actually uh, lost the audio because my laptop was acting up. Hey, I, and just a point of clarity, man, I'm actually, my wife and I are both getting new laptops today. <laughs> <laughs> so as soon as we wrap this up, uh, we'll be at the Apple store. But um, uh, I appreciate you. I appreciate you uh, and your candor and sharing this story. Lance, uh, as your father and I said last time, uh, we appreciate you allowing us to tell this story. Um, and our goal was to uh, to shed some light on this type of situation in hopes that it would bless someone else and honor you all, honor you and your father at the same time. And so uh, I appreciate the role and the part that you've played in this conversation. Guys, you've been listening to Fatherhood is Dope, the podcast. I am your host, Aaron McGee. I want to thank you for tuning in again. Of course, as usual, I also want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast wherever podcasts are available. And because I know I have some faithful listeners, uh, I just want to thank you for for your endurance in this uh, conversation. I know you heard me coughing and doing all type of stuff in the background, but uh, I know that the point in the message uh, was still received and um, I'm excited about that. So make sure you join us back next week, same time, same place. Fatherhood is Dope, the podcast. I appreciate you. Peace.